Do you dread tax time because you haven't saved enough for taxes? Are you totally confused and lost about your business finances? Do you worry that you'll never be able to retire or save for your kid's college education? If you bury your head in the sand because you think you'll never be a money person, I want to let you in on a huge secret. All you need to manage your private practice finances are a simple series of skills that you can learn. After all, you already did the hard work of graduating from college, becoming a therapist, and starting your private practice. Hi, I'm Lindsay Bonham. I'm a therapist turned money coach and the creator of Money Skills for Therapists. I've helped hundreds of therapists just like you develop peace of mind about their money. I invite you to watch my free masterclass where I teach my four-step framework to get your business finances totally in order. In the masterclass, I cover the three biggest mistakes that therapists make that keep them from getting clarity on their private practice finances, the secret that most accountants don't want you to know, and why working with your mindset and emotions is essential to changing your patterns with money. This masterclass is for therapists and health practitioners who are running or about to start a private practice. It is the first step in learning about my signature course, Money Skills for Therapists. Register today with the link in the show notes to take the first step to go from money confusion, anxiety, and shame to feeling clear and empowered about your money. I look forward to supporting you. One of my challenges lately had been like after taxes, feeling like this job is really, can be really challenging. And although I absolutely love it and it is definitely for me, I also want to feel like appropriately compensated and I wasn't feeling that way. Welcome to the Money Skills for Therapists podcast, where we answer this question. How can therapists and health practitioners go from money shame and confusion to feeling calm and confident about their finances and get money really working for them in both their private practice and their lives? I'm your host, Lindsay Bonham, therapist turned money coach and creator of the course Money Skills for Therapists. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have a coaching episode uh, with Money Skills for Therapist grad, Caitlin Walsh. Caitlin is an LPC in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, She specializes in working with women who have challenges with anxiety, relationships, self-esteem, and or grief. And today in our conversation, Caitlin and I got into the question of managing fear and, and kind of being with the fear of having made the decision to go off insurance and taking out-of-pocket clients only. So Caitlin has made this decision um, a little while ago, and so now she's in that point of like being in the decision that she's made, and I think we can all relate with that, where you've made a decision and you're like, okay, now I'm in it. Now I have to tolerate it and manage it. And so we talked today about managing fear and what brought her to make that decision. And of course, uh, because this is the Money Skills for Therapists podcast, we also got into the number side of really grounding in and understanding you know, what actually needs to happen, the numbers behind what needs to happen, and what the numbers mean as she actually starts to move more towards the expansive practice that she was envisioning when she made this change. Here is my conversation with Caitlin Walsh. So Caitlin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So I appreciate you coming on to do a coaching episode with me today. So for folks listening, just to get a little bit of context, when did you finish up 
money skills for therapists? I finished just a couple months ago. I think about three months ago. Okay. Okay. And what prompted you to join Money Skills for Therapists? What brought you into the course in the first place? I had dropped back down to part-time when I had my second daughter. And the year after I did that, when I had to do my taxes, I had this challenge where I had a bunch of money due that I wasn't prepared for. And I usually am pretty prepared and I thought I had done everything. And then because of some shifts with my partner's job, and then because I worked more that year and hadn't, I guess, hadn't checked in enough with my um, accountant, I had like a a really big tax bill and had to use a lot of my savings. And so um, just felt like I maybe had done something wrong or wanted more of a system to figure out like if there were shifts and changes like that uh, to top of it. So yeah, that's kind of what prompted me. Okay. Yeah. You had, you ended up understanding for taxes, even though, even though you were thought you were doing well and are usually very on top of things because of those shifts, those changes that had happened. Right. And so was just sort of frustrated with the process and just sort of thinking I needed a little bit more information and maybe a little bit more of like, like I said, like a system that kind of made sense to me. Awesome. Okay. So for our time together today, um, for this coaching session, what would you like to focus on today? Well, I just made the shift from insurance panel to just private pay. Okay. And that's been kind of a long process. I was with an insurance company that it took six months to get out of. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I was like preparing and preparing and preparing yes. and my clients and we talked a lot about it. And so what I'm noticing now is I kept a bunch of my clients, but a lot of them have dropped from, you know, weekly or biweekly appointments down to like less than that. Okay. And I, I'm trying to stay as calm as I can about just the shifting and changing of that and needing to do more promotion and marketing and maybe that not being like my first skill set. Right. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. My best skill set. I'm trying. I'm doing my best. (laughs) So just kind of noticing how that feels and, and. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess my my first question is, what are you noticing is happening with this transition and like having some clients drop down in frequency? So I'm hearing you've kept a lot of your clients, but there are many, is it many are seeing you less or some are seeing you less? Like what has happened to your numbers? Yeah, I'd say most, most are probably seeing me less. Okay. Like they wanted to stay, but you know, they're used to the insurance model. And yes. so, yeah, so I think that's how they were managing that increase and in, mm-hmm. was to like drop down their sessions. And then I have gotten some new some new clients, but like less inquiries than I was mm-hmm. used to, you know. Okay. So insurance companies were sending me quite a few. Um, I had really big insurance company that sent me a lot. So weekly I'd probably have yeah, at least a couple inquiries. And now I'd say maybe one a week or one every two weeks and not necessarily always the best fit. And so I've gotten some new people. I've I worked super hard on my website. I also just recently now I had been referred to a person who does SEO and she mm, I had to okay. wait to work with them. Yeah. And so just now they're like working on it. So I do think that that will help. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, okay. I do feel like I've put a lot of effort into the spaces that I can. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm hearing you definitely have been taking action around it and trying different solutions. Yeah. So I am curious then, Caitlin, like, first of all, what's been hardest about this transition for you? Or what is hardest, I guess, is actually probably more important. What is hardest? Yeah, I think just the drop in clients. Like, so I'm used to probably closer to 16, 12 okay. to 16, 16 a week. And I've been closer probably to eight to 10 right now. Okay. Um, and you're getting eight to 10. Okay. So just kind of holding. Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> reminding myself that like, it'll be all right and it'll get better and that I'm building. I think that for me right now has been the hardest to sort of continue to remind myself and not to feel like I like made a mistake or to, you know. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's, there's two pieces that I'm holding here and we can, we can decide which way to go first. My first is curiosity about what that emotional experience, what's happening for you emotionally around this transition yeah, and seeing your numbers drop. And my, my second question, of course, is financially what's happening with this transition. What, what road do you want to walk first together? I suppose we could do emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So tell me some of the, the stories or emotions that have been coming up with this transition. Yeah, just kind of feeling, I suppose the biggest one is probably just fear, mm-hmm. fear. And then also, yeah, I think that's probably the main one is, is mm-hmm. like just fear around yeah. whether this is the right path or whether I'm going to be able to figure out how to do all it's a lot of it's new. You know, I think one of the positives about being on insurance panels is you don't really have to worry, or at least I didn't have to worry too much about getting clients. I guess that's how they like, right. That's the point. That is the benefit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just new. I am committed to like, you know, I have an, a niche and like, it feels really right for me. And I think that's all great, but yeah, I think it's just the fear that like, it's not going to work or it's not going to go or I'm not going to have enough. And you had said earlier too, like the fear that you made a mistake, like the thought that you've made a mistake. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So the fear that it's not going to get better, like you're yeah. not going to fill yeah. up. Okay. And how has that fear been showing up for you? What has that been looking like? Just kind of ruminating about it, kind of maybe second guessing myself at times. I don't know, needing to like, I do, I meditate in the morning. So like yeah. be really solid with that or trying to knowing that that's helpful. And so trying to like use my, my coping skills that I lean towards. Yeah. So trying those things, it doesn't always, you know, I still notice just sort of this like level of anxiety about it or nervous about it. So just kind of holding space for that. I think one of the challenges is I'm, I work on my own. I don't have that many people to like Mm. of, or like that many people to tell me, you know, positively reinforce my decisions. And so I do have some colleagues, you know, that I occasionally see, but nobody like intimately every day. I've been reaching out a little bit more to some friends. Like I, you know, when this email about this podcast came, I thought, well, maybe that could be helpful to give me a little perspective. So trying to put myself out there a little bit differently. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm hearing part of what makes the fear harder is that you're a bit isolated or at least alone. Yeah. Right. It's like you and the fear. (laughs) Right. During the (laughs) workday. Right. Right. Which, which does make it of course, difficult to take perspective, right? Like I'm hearing you identifying things that you are missing, which is colleagues to reinforce like, yeah, yeah, it's like that. It was like that for me. Or like, you're making the right move. Remember we talked about da, 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 da. I'm not hearing necessarily that you have like those daily or like easy supports to access to help you stay connected with why you made this decision or help you put it in perspective. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. Correct. I seek it out online a little bit. I, yeah, you, know, okay. you know, have different like Facebook groups that are are focused on like therapists and things like yes. that. And like I said, I do have colleagues that are friends of mine. So I have sought it out a bit, but yeah, day to day, it isn't like face to face available. Yeah. 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 I am curious, your colleagues, have they made similar decisions? Yeah. So I do have okay. like, actually, I'm supposed to meet with them this Friday. Okay. Two women who've done very similar things who are a little yeah. further along in their career than me, who I can bounce ideas off of and are wonderful supports. So I do have that and I do okay. see out. And I am also, I have some ideas about getting that in sort of adjoining industries, you know, like people who have like naturopaths or like somebody who might have a very similar sort of client base. I am sort of putting myself out there in that way. Okay. And when you say putting yourself out there, do you mean like you're networking with adjoining folks like as part of your strategy? Okay. Yes. Gotcha. So I am hearing that, you know, you are, you're managing the fear with your coping mechanisms. You, you do have positive supports who maybe you don't connect with often, but you are going to be connecting with soon. And they're not just like positive supports of like, go Caitlin, but they're also supports of like, I've been there. This is what it was like for me. This is how long it took, which is awesome. So those are all very positive things that you have in place. Now I'm curious, Caitlin, why did you make this decision to switch from insurance to out-of-pocket? I was getting frustrated with the way that the insurance companies were trying to sort of dictate care. I had several situations where it took up a lot of time and energy. I was needing to like justify certain treatment or amounts of treatment. I also have small children and wanted to really make a little bit more money. I thought that like the reimbursement rates that I was getting were really, really low on certain okay. certain insurance companies. And so those two things kind of put together, I wanted to just spend a little less time with the kind of bureaucracy of the insurance companies and focus on, you know, my patients and patient care and grow into maybe doing, making enough that maybe I could do some other things like, I don't know, offering a course or, you know, some sort of similar things like maybe what you do. I was inspired by you and other women I've seen that have seems to me like sort of diversified their (laughs) offerings Mm -hmm. or not only just like one-to-one therapies. Yes. Okay. And I just feel like I have a lot to offer. Um, So it felt like a good step towards that. I was like very unclear as to what that might mean, but sort of just allowing that to be there. Sure. It's like you're you're opening up space for possibility. Even if you don't have a clear idea, it's still yeah. part of what I'm hearing. There's just like reclaiming some bandwidth. Yeah. You know, when you're in the insurance model, you kind of know... I felt sort of like I was in a box, right? And mm. I this amount of clients and there wasn't much room to just go there. And at least this, it does feel really scary, but there is also a lot of movement, you know, like there's a lot of, yes. I don't stay in fear and allow for like the other end of it. Like, Oh, but what if it really works well? Yes. Yes. I always go the other way. Like, Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. There's more movement on like the, Oh, it could really go well as well. You know? Yes, absolutely. And that's something, and I'm trying to think of, you know, the right analogy for it and it's not coming to mind, but yeah, before you were drawing in the air, you know, this is a podcast, so folks couldn't see it, but you were drawing in the air a box, right? Yeah. Like for you, the experience of of the insurance work you were doing particularly felt like being in a box. Yeah. And boxes are limiting, but they're also safe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You know that the insurance company is just gonna keep giving you people and there's gonna be this amount of session fee is is where you're capped. And if you have this many clients, life is gonna look like this. 
yeah. you know, small can be safe. What I'm hearing is your experience now of having stepped out of the box is it's scary and your brain can quickly go to all of the things that might not work and all the ways that the risk might not pay off. But also with that risk, there's this possibility and and room for expansiveness that you didn't have in the box. Yeah, right. With that, like when you think about you having made that move, you don't strike me as impulsive as a person. That's not the vibe I'm getting. I don't know you super well, but you know, and I'm hearing it took you six months to get off this one panel, right? It's not like you were like, I'm out and two weeks later, you know, so this has been quite a process. When you think about the transition that you've made, like what did it take for you to make that decision? What qualities or what did it take inside of you for you to to take that leap and, and step out of that safety you had? Yeah, I have come, I've realized I've come to all these like steps in my career where I knew I needed to shift. I would wait <laughs> and have to keep reminding myself that it's never going to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I think I would wait a little bit and want it to be comfortable until I was like mm-hmm. finally ready. And then something happens and I would, I would just do it right where yes. Yes. I got a call from my professor the first job I got that was like in private practice when I had no idea what I was doing a long time ago, it was like this opportunity. And, you know, my daughter was literally two weeks old, you know, (laughs) (laughs) my first daughter too. So, oh gosh, I was a, (laughs) oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sleeping. And even in that like sleep deprived state knew I had to do it because like it was such an opportunity. Right. But so uncomfortable. So I I remember that and I just, I just kept remembering like, okay, I know I need to do this. feels right. It's like the next step and it's not going to be comfortable. Right. And what did it take for you to to make that uncomfortable step or what allowed you to take that step? Maybe one thing that happened, my mom died and part of that, you know, it's like the worst thing I could ever imagine happening in my life Absolutely. besides something happening to my children. Yes. My brain also goes there immediately. Yes. Right. I think one of the things about that is it it obviously gives you perspective on things in this like insane way. And so after that happened, I obviously couldn't do it right then. Like that was like right in the middle. It was right before COVID and then COVID. So all of that, I was just like processing, processing, like recalibrating, trying to figure out what I was doing. And then like once I sort of feel like I came up for air. So then my daughter also was a little bit older. It wasn't so intense. I like came came up for air. And then I was like, okay, like this is never going to feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, I had this perspective with my mom passing away and like sort of having this idea of like, kind of, you got to just go for it. Like not allowing the fear to kind of drive me, even though it like still comes back. (laughs) Yes. You know, I have to kind of like, I don't know, talk it down or something. But I do think that that perspective of like, you only get one shot mm-hmm. at this life. And at least for me, I lead kind of heart centered, you know, yes. even if it's yes. scary or I'm not sure about it, I'm not sure what it's going to look like, but I am sure that like I have to move. So yes, yes. I'm willing to, if something's not working, obviously I'm willing to like then shift. So I think that perspective also, I think I used to be really concerned, much more concerned with like, everything being like sort of perfect. And now I'm like totally okay with things being like good enough. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I'm curious, like telling that story, what's happening in your body? Like what emotions go with that story for you? Of me, like being able to shift. 
Yeah. I do notice more energy and like, you know, I do notice, I wouldn't say excitement, but like there is more movement or like you're animated. Yeah. Yeah. More flow. Like, yeah. So I guess just more energy, a higher, maybe more positive, more like hopeful things Mm -hmm. like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's two phrases that came to mind for me. One is something that I used to say a lot myself. I feel like when I was a teenager, I don't know if I made it up. I probably didn't, but it was life is for the living. Sure. Right. Like I think when we have perfectionistic tendencies or like, you know, when we have been in a safe space and we have to think about taking a step or taking a risk, it's like, it feels scary, but it's like, isn't that what life is about? Like, aren't we supposed to be living life? And, you know, talking about your mom and losing your mom. Like I know for me, when I have experiences with mortality close to me, like my mind always goes to that. Like it's always that chance to like reassess your life and like, am I living the life I want? Like if that was my funeral in two weeks, would I be like, yep, people are going to have great things to say because I'm really living my true authentic life, whatever that means. Right. So that comes to mind. But the second thing that I think of is a phrase that was an email subject line from a feminist marketer that I get emails from Kelly deals to give credit where credit is due, which is fear is rocket fuel. Uh Right. And it's making me think about your fear right now. And it's like, when we take risks and we are making big moves, fear is part of the picture. But I do wonder how you could be framing fear or how you can be using this fear to get you where you want to go. Because you've stepped out of this box. What I'm hearing is you are at eight to 10 a week, right? You're not, you don't have two clients a week. No, right. (laughs) You've retained eight to 10 a week out of the 12 to 16. So you're kind of like half to like three quarters of where you were before. Yeah. More than half, actually. You're at more than half to three quarters of where you were before, but there's still this gap of like where you actually want to be, which is like, which is a good question. Where do you want to be? What is the amount of sessions you're looking for per week at this out-of-pocket rate? I I feel really good at like 16. Okay. So 16 is your sweet spot. Yeah. I would do like 16 to 18 um, would feel good. I tend to sort of flow with the natural dip down in summer. So in the summer, I usually see closer to 12 and that's fine. Yeah. It is nice to be able to flow with the seasons. Yeah. 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 And who wants to work in the summer when you could be at the park? (laughs) Okay. So, uh, so closer to 12 in summer. So to dig into the number side of this, Caitlin, because I'd love to get grounded in what numbers we're actually talking about here, because that also helps us understand the risk. What was your fee when you were on insurance? Like how much were you bringing in a week with the 12 to 16 clients that you used to see on insurance? So it was like 120 or so. There, 120, okay. It's kind of like the average. So 120, and could we say your average was like 14 sessions a week between that 12 to 16? Is yeah. that accurate? Yeah. Or Okay. So times 14 times 4.33. This is rough math. We know there's the summer dips and everything. So it's yeah. kind of like 7,200 a month of revenue. Does that sound about right for your insurance practice? Yep, give or take. Does that a- seem a little high or low? It seems a little high. Yeah. A little high? Okay. Okay. So maybe 7,000 a month? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Let's say 7,000 a month. So tell me, what is your out of pocket rate? 150. 150? Okay. A little bit of a range, but that's the average. Yeah. Average is 150. Okay. So 150 then, just to get a sense of where we are compared to where you were, right now you're doing 150 and you're seeing like nine clients a week? Yeah. Does that sound about right? Eight to eight to 10, we'll say nine. Okay. Yeah. Nine. 4.33. So right now you're at like 5,800 a month. So there's like a $1,200 shortfall. Mm-hmm. How many clients would it take you at 150 an hour to make up that gap? It's a $1,200 gap. Can you do the math on that for me? Do you have a calculator? 
Uh, so eight. So that's eight sessions a month. So how many clients would that be for you if it's eight sessions a month? Maybe four. Okay. So four clients who are coming t- twice a month each, bi-weekly clients. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So four clients. So if you notice that the gap we're talking about is finding four more clients who come bi-weekly, or I will enter the possibility that it could also be two weekly clients. Right. Sure. If you can target those folks who are like, oh, 150 an hour, my fee used to be 175. And my clients like couldn't remember my fee. Like it was like so unimportant to them. They were like, what is your fee? 250? 100? Like it, yeah. So it could also be two weekly clients. What do you notice in your body thinking about having to get like either those four bi-weekly clients or like two more weekly clients would, would fill that gap, getting you back up to where you used to be? Yeah. It doesn't seem like that, like that big of a jump or that hard. Right. I was gonna say like, how hard, how hard is that? Or how scary is that? Yeah. To find two to four more clients. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, Okay. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel that hard. Okay. So that's helpful information to notice, right? Like the part of you that's been in fear, is that part able to take any information that what we're talking about right now, just to get you where you were, I know it's not where you ultimately want to be, but to get you back up to status quo, we're talking about two to four clients. Can the fear part of you like take in that information? Yeah. That feels comforting or or attainable. Yes. Okay. 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 Comforting and attainable. Those are nice words. Yeah. Yeah. Those are very doable (laughs) words. In terms of where you will be, like, did you pick this number based on kind of your family's financial need or like, do you know where this number is going to get you um, once you do fill up to 16 again? Yeah. I worked all that out when when I did your class. I also was like taking into account, I did quite a bit of research on like what everybody around here, I live in the Midwest, was charging and so trying to keep it within and then also what I was charging my clients to be able to scale up. So I did sort of take all of that into account. Okay. Yeah. When you, when you said this, which, which I love to hear, I love that there was math involved that always yeah. makes me happy. Yeah. So it's a good yeah. grounded decision. So yeah. what I'm seeing here is like when you get up to 16 clients a month and I'm using rounded numbers here, just for simplicity, yeah. we'd be talking about like $10,000 a month revenue, right? That was like my... For some reason, I like that number and it just feels, yeah, it felt like, okay, that's different and like a good goal and like something to reach for. And like after taxes still feels like, even though this job can be really challenging, like that's still like a solid paycheck. Yes. Yes. It's a paycheck that you're like, this, this compensates. Like, okay, this is worth it. You know, I would, yeah, my next goal would be like 20 grand more or something like that. Slowly kind of eking up feels like an attainable goal like for now that that also makes me feel one of my challenges lately had had been like after taxes feeling like this job is really can be really challenging and although I absolutely love it and it is definitely for me I also want to feel like appropriately compensated and I yes. wasn't feeling that way like yes I have to pay for all of my own stuff because I'm in private you know so that yes. can kind of eke away at like your sense of is this worth it? Absolutely. Yeah. And and I do think too, there is something about being well compensated for our work that also has the reverse effect, like lets you hold yourself higher, like have more kind of esteem yeah. of like, I'm a professional. I get paid like a professional. I do work like a professional. I change lives. Like right. I, there's that positive effect as well yeah. of giving yourself the appropriate raise. It's like, it's not lighthearted work, right? It's not like, no, like no. Yes. No. I, I always found with like clinical work that there could be a lot of laughter 
but it was in contrast to like all this darkness that's also in the room with us, you know, depending on the work that you're doing. So, okay. So what I'm hearing then is for you to get up to that 7,000, we're looking at two to four clients. And then for you to get up to that 10, you know, uh, 10,000 revenue, and we're talking revenue here, not paycheck for folks listening, that 10,000 revenue, we would be looking at going up like mm, somewhere around six, six to eight clients. Yeah. But that's like, that's your level up. That's a level up amount that you've chosen. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. when you think about that, that like that next step after this two to four, two to four gets you back to baseline. That next step after that is a level up step. How can you think about that in a way that will be motivating? Like I'm thinking about this like fear as jet fuel metaphor, which I don't know if it's like totally, if that connects for you, that idea, but it's like, how, how can we use this energy as interpret it positively or make it positive rather than let that fear spiral into all the negative you're going to live in a box kind of thoughts. Right. I guess I feel a little more ease around it when I give myself a little bit of grace and like appropriate expectation in terms of time and how just how much time it might take. So I, you know, even thinking like, can I give myself a year like to really like make all of that happen and not get worried in the second month that it's yes. happening? Yes. <laughs> so that gives me a little bit of ease. And I mean, honestly, because of your course, I, I have quite a bit in savings and, and my tax situation for this year is much more like it's set, you know, and I call my accountants and I have all my little like accounts for profit first and all mm-hmm. my stuff. And Beautiful. I just looked at it yesterday. And so even though like this week in particular, I have quite, quite a few less clients than I'm used to, you know, it's like, I still have all that money like that I have saved and I do have like the backup systems. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And like, I like it that, you know, even if I do have a dip in, in revenue, like because of the calculators and the profit first stuff, like I would be appropriately still saving the amount of taxes. It's not, you know, it can shift, mm-hmm. which I yes. like. And I, yes. so I know in my head, like, no, no, like I know how much to save now because I like did all that backup work. Yeah. You've done all that foundational work. Right. And so- that kind of, I keep trying to remember that as well. And like, you know, that is helpful to use as, as fuel. And I, you know, just to keep sort of reassuring and reminding myself that is helpful. So yeah. So when I give myself more time frame and, and try to shift out of that, like, oh, this has to be working right now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And this is like what I like to call big picture thinking, right? Like you have, you have actually built the systems, you've done the work that you actually do have stability in your practice, right? Like you have actually built out those foundations. So taxes are still there. Money is still there to get paid. Like you're still being well compensated, even while making shifts, yeah. right? You're not riding this kind of like, like knuckle biter, knuckle biter. That's not the right white knuckle. Don't bite your knuckles. <laughs> Nail biter kind of like roller coaster situation, right? So you have given yourself that stability and with stability can come expansiveness, right? Because you've put those roots in, Yeah, you know, to, to use a tree metaphor. It's like you've put roots in, you have that solidity. So now you actually have the foundation to reach Yeah, and you're reaching, mm-hmm. right? And I'm hearing that sometimes reaching is scary, Yeah, but I'm curious, like what else is reaching besides scary for you? I guess like growth and possibility and, you know, moving into the next level of my career and and feeling grounded and solid in that and competent. Mm -hmm. I guess that is one positive. And I mean this in the most humble way, but I I work really hard at being a good therapist and, you know, work really hard at 
staying in a good space myself in terms of my health and my mental health. And so I know that to be true as well. And so that's also part of my foundation, you know, so I'm, I know that I'm good at my job and I'm certainly always working on, you know, things, but I do know that like, I'm committed to it and and I, I take it really seriously. And, Mm. you know, so that's not gonna change. Yes. 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 Like knowing my worth and my value is also in, again, like I don't, I'm not like tooting my own horn, but just like, I put a lot of work in and like, I can, you know, and I'm, I know that. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think you can toot your own horn just to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) With job interviews, my dad always used to be like, this is your chance to toot your own horn. You get to like, and I'm going to say the same thing in this conversation. And like, as you're thinking about investing in yourself, right? Like you are allowed to be connected with what you've accomplished and your competency and your commitment to being really good at what you do. Right. I think that's actually extremely important for us to be connected with and to own because that makes this a very logical move that you've made. Yeah. In fact, I would say this is actually, you probably could have set your fee higher. Yeah. You you haven't, you're not doing something that doesn't completely make sense actually within the context of all the work you've done on your career and everything you've established. Right. Right. Yeah. I've thought of that too. <laughs> <laughs> That's later. That's later. So Caitlin, coming towards the end of our conversation, what are you taking away from our conversation today? I think it's helpful to just kind of ground myself in, you know, you're always good at like coming back to like the numbers and like just kind of be really grounded and like, well, you know, it's two clients or four clients. Yeah. Like what are we actually talking about? Yeah. You know, like not that crazy. So that's like really helpful because although I'm fine with numbers, it's not necessarily always where I like go. You know, I don't always just like, well, what's actually the, (laughs) what is the number of it? Right. Yes. Help me get better at that or. And I'm not scared of it in any way. So that's good to remember. And then also I like that idea of fear, just how you orient towards the fear. I think the fear is really natural and, you know, coming from like a mindfulness space, like, can I just welcome it? Can I sit with it? And it, can it be like the fuel? Yes. I'm not going to let it, you know, spiral me into like, oh, I can't do this or I'm not worth it or all that, that mm. old, you know, the, the negative self-talk that I think all of us can have challenges with at times. Mm-hmm. So both of those things. So using the fear as like maybe the the fuel and and also like just you kind of providing space or reiterating that like the time frame makes sense or like all the decisions I've made, you know, at least make sense to you and and absolutely. So hearing that back is is helpful too. Yeah. And something that I did really notice too is well, first of all, when you reconnected with why you made this decision, your body language really changed. Yeah. Right. You went from kind of this more like uh tight to like expressive, arms moving, talking with your hands. So that's one thing that I noticed. And then the second thing that I noticed is when you zoomed out your timeline, when you started talking about a year rather than now, there was also this calm that came over you. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's really important. And maybe the timeline doesn't have to be a year. Maybe it's six months, maybe it's four months, maybe it's seven. Right. But that I also noticed like this, like grounding that happened when you let yourself zoom out and didn't have to make it something that happens immediately. Cause what I'm hearing from you, at least as far as I understand financially, it doesn't have to happen right away. It's not as though your family's in financial crisis and you're trying to replace your income and your partner's income and big medical bills. Like, you know, there are times when it really is like, oh shit, like right now I need to like make $20,000 appear. That's not your situation at this moment, which means you do have that space to like make those connections with colleagues, network, find the ways to like really find your people and what you're going to build over the next year will last for decades. 
Yeah. Right. Even if it doesn't happen tomorrow, you're building something that is, has longevity um, as you figure each thing out. Right. Exactly. So Caitlin, what is your next step coming out of our conversation today? I think I'm going to try to just keep all of those things in mind and remember the numbers and just keep working on my networking and keep working on all the things I have kind of in play. Um, I'm doing a little social media stuff, which is not my strong suit. (laughs) Same here, same here. (laughs) So, you know, still, and just kind of trying to remember my, my confidence and, and that coming from me and not just like the amount of clients that I have right now. Wonderful. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate your help and just the opportunity. In the conversation with Caitlin, the fear uh, obviously was a big part of it at the beginning and something that I didn't say during the recording, but I did say to Caitlin afterwards um, as we chatted and finished up our time together is that it is scary. Like it is scary to do these things. It is scary to take a risk on yourself. It is scary to step out of something that is safe and known into something that is unknown. As we talked about that metaphor of stepping outside of the box, you know, the box, (laughs) Um, you know, in some for some folks, that box is being on insurance or it's working in a certain place or even seeing a certain type of client. That is something that we know. And it's something that at a certain point becomes consistent and reliable. But when we outgrow those boxes and when for whatever reason we decide to step outside of it, whether that's financial, whether it's emotional, whether it's we need a change, that is scary, right? And so I don't think the fear goes away. And I think the fear is is healthy. And obviously the fear is our nervous system, you know, trying to keep us safe, but it's really learning how to manage and be with that fear that makes all the difference. We don't want to make decisions driven out of fear. That's not wise. And so it's, you know, as we're talking with Caitlin, how can you shift that experience to fear to something else, right? If if fear is fuel, then fear can also become excitement. It can be motivation and excitement and motivation can move us into making moves that will really make a difference. And in Caitlin's case, moves like reaching out to people, networking, putting herself out there that will help her right clients find her. Those moves are what's going to make all the difference. And we can use that energy to make those strategic moves once we stop moving out of kind of the the scary stories that fear wants to tell us and just realize like, yeah, I'm energized. I'm like doing something here and I'm going to make the moves I need to make to uh, make this decision a good one and and to make it pay off. So I'm very excited uh, for Caitlin and what's coming in her future, having taken this step in her practice. You can follow me on Instagram at money nuts and bolts. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please jump over to Apple Podcasts. You're also welcome to jump over to Google if, like me, you are not an Apple user or our Facebook page to leave a review of uh, your experience with the podcast, what you like about it. You can share about what your favorite episode or conversation was. Uh, It's a great way for other therapists who would benefit from these conversations to find us. Thanks for listening today.